Season 2, episode 139, D as in Delta, Matthew chapter 24, verses 29 through 51, or in other words, 23 verses. In Matthew uh, chapter 24, verses 29 through 51, we're going to take a look at three stories. The coming of the Son of Man, I don't know, pre-prophecies, I, probably a better word. The coming of the Son of Man, will be told by Jesus Christ, in three verses in Matthew chapter 24. And then he's going to review what Mark taught, uh, the lesson of the fig tree. We, uh, no one knows the day or the hour, but we should be able to tell that it's coming. We should know that it's coming. We just don't know exactly when. And also, that was in four verses, and then in 16 verses to finish out uh, 24, chapter, Matthew 24, 29 through 51, uh, six, the last 16 verses will, no one knows the day or the hour. Okay, so that's kind of like the lesson of the fig tree, but the fig tree is, you know the season, you know spring is coming, but you don't know exactly the hour that the, the little green leaf is going to pop out. Anyway, um, all right, the setting is on the Mount of Olives, Tuesday afternoon of the Passion Week. It's been a really long Tuesday of teaching. I mean, I just, I can't believe how much of the New Testament spends in these last months, if you will, of Jesus' life. I, about half of the New Testament is here. The Gospels are very parallel at this point, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. John is always kind of doing his own thing, but... Anyway, I think God used him in 8090 to kind of fill in the blanks, like the uh, year of obscurity at the beginning, the first year of Christ's public ministry, six months in Jerusalem and six months uh, baptizing where he was baptized on the Jordan, or near the Jordan, possibly. Anyway, uh, so we're in part 12, the shadows with Jesus. Jesus seeks the shadows after he left the temple on this very day, Tuesday, uh, and now it's Tuesday afternoon, uh, seeks to prepare the disciples for the tragedy of his death and the carrying on of his works after departure. I just think I owe it to A.T. Robertson to, to quote him. Uh, not that it's inspired, not that I, you know, it's a tragedy, but it's definitely got a silver lining, like the payment of all sin for all mankind, for all kind, for, for all. For all believers, the sin for, for the whole world, not only for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. For everybody's sins that ever lived or ever will live has been paid for. And all you got to do is ask, save me, give me eternal life. However you want to do it. The thief said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. That was good enough. All right, so um based on A.T. Robertson's The Harmony of the Gospels for Students of the Life of Christ, copyright 1922, and C.I. Schofield, Schofield Reference Bible, copyright 1909. Schofield uses the King James Version, which is public domain, along with the American Standard Version. They're both majority texts, by the way. Uh, reference Bible, uh, but it was based on, Schofield's Reference Bible is based on King James Version. All right, Rick Meyer's eSword free Bible study app for PCs. I, you know, if I could take, you know, one thing on a, um, you know, this is like my go-to Bible because it gives me the Greek, the Aramaic, the 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 Hebrew. I can look up any word, look up its meaning, find out what's included in the majority text, what's not, you know, what was added 
because it takes more than it takes several English words to to do all the tenses and all that stuff, kind of like Spanish, you know. Vamanos, let us go. Vamanos, one word says let us go. But anyway, he, Greek is the same way, I guess. Ricky, Rick Myers eSword free Bible study app for PCs. It costs you less than five bucks for the uh, iPhone and the Android. Uh, Biblehub.com commentaries. Charles Ryrie told us uh, in a Bible conference in in. Chicago, he said, don't reinvent the wheel. There's a lot of been good work been done, like A.T. Robertson's, harmonizing the Gospels, dovetailing the Gospels together. Uh, it's his opinion. I disagreed with him right off the bat. I, I didn't, uh, I started with my first episode, was his second episode. And it was, uh, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. John chapter, the Gospel of John chapter 1. I thought, how can you get earlier than in the beginning? Well, God could, of course, but anyway, I don't know how Luke uh, did that, but I think A.T. Robertson said Bible scholars really bow down to Luke, who wasn't even one of the 12 apostles, but he was maybe a generation younger, but he followed Paul around. He, you know, Paul was taught by Jesus for years, three years in the wilderness, so he learned a lot from Paul, and Anyway, uh, he was a writer of Luke in the book of Acts. All right, um, Bible Hub commentary, BibleHub.com commentary online. A lot of times at this point, I just you know ask Siri to tell me the verses that says, you know, Christ will rise in three days or whatever, and it'll show me all the prophecies, all the verses that have to do with that, because that's the evidence. Compare spiritual with spiritual, not commentary with commentary. Bibleproject.com, videos introducing each book of the Bible. If I was going to teach a book of the Bible, I would show that every, take less than 10 minutes every class to, to review the who, what, where, when of that book. Okay, we're in Jerusalem on Tuesday afternoon. Well, we've been in Jerusalem for, a, you know, well, not very long, uh, Palm Sunday. Um, he came on the Friday before that, but he went back to Bethany to spend the night. When he came in on Palm Sunday, I don't think there was, I don't think that he went back to, um, he might have, he might have walked in on Monday and, and the fig tree was all shriveled up, so I might be off on that. Anyway, uh, Jerusalem. That's where we're at. Okay, pretty much. He's going to make an appearance on the shore of the Sea of Galilee to Peter after his crucifixion. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. I think we're going to cover that in the life in A.T. Robertson's Harmony of the Gospels for Students, Life of Christ. All right, I'm just going to, I may throw a couple of these verses in. I think I've got room on my podcast to do that. I know the next one is 30 verses. I won't be able to do anything but the verses. Hopefully I'll be able to get all of them in. Anyway, Revelation 6, 9, and 10 uh, in heaven near the end of the tribulation. So the tribulation is really bad on earth, not so bad in the presence of God. This is going on in the presence of God at the end of uh, that seven-year period or six-and-a-half-year period, however it comes back early. And when he had opened the fifth seal, that's Jesus was only one found worthy to open the seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God, 
and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? That, that What they say there, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? There's not many martyrs who could say that from heaven because they were killed thousands of years ago. This is somebody that's been recently killed, and I think it's 144,000 because Christ is fixing to come back. And they're asking, When are you coming? How long? When? And I think the answer to that is very soon. Here's a picture of them coming back in Daniel chapter 7, verse uh, 13. And I, Daniel, saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man, so this is a vision Daniel had, one like the Son of Man, that would be Jesus Christ, favorite name for himself, came with the clouds of heaven, that would be the first atmosphere, or the first heaven. First heaven is the atmosphere, second heaven first atmosphere, by the way, was made on day two. It's the only thing that was made on day two of the creation week. And the clouds of heaven and uh, the second heaven is where the sun, moon, and stars are. That was day four. The sun, moon, and stars were made in, I guess, the universe, you could say, and physical universe. And then you could, uh, then the third heaven is where God lives. It, Paul says that pretty clearly. Look it up, the third heaven. Uh, in the com- or asked Siri to look it up, and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. And they, I think that's the dead in Christ, so that would be uh, me and anyone else who's trusted Christ. E- even if the rapture happened today, I would still be in that group that came with Christ to the earth, because uh, I would be absent body and present with the Lord, uh, physically separated from my body, get a new body, and come with the Lord back to earth because I guess people need a body to come back to earth with. I mean, kind of without a body, that's kind of weird. Okay, Uh, Galatians 3, 7, Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. I just like to say that this verse says, first comes faith and then comes the new birth. All you got to do is ask. Ask and it shall be given to you. Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. You know, your, faith, your faith is not going to be put on a scale here. It's going to be put, it's going to be, do you have it or not? The grain of a mustard seed is enough to save you. All right, uh, very quickly to take a look at the abomination of desolation, which is a description of the tribulation. For then shall there be great tribulation. When, at the three and a half year mark, when the Antichrist offers uh, sacrifices in the temple that he's rebuilt, Takes him three and a half years to do that. And such was not since the beginning of the world to this time. This is bad tribulation. This is bad plagues on the earth. This is Satan doing whatever he wants. The Holy Spirit's not here to hinder him. No, nor ever shall be. So this is the worst ever was and ever will be. Except those days be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. It's going to be unlivable. The plagues, the... The, the bowls that are opened up in heaven, I'm not a, a scholar on that, but you can look them up. Read, them, read about the plagues in the book of Revelation. But for the elect's sake, shall those days shall be shortened. Uh, for the believers, so that we have a few, so the Lord has a few believers to live on into the millennium. Only takes two, man and a woman, but, but maybe, you know, he'll start with, give it a jump start with, with several. Anyway, um, my favorite verse about is the Bible, the Word of God, uh, 2 Peter 1.16. 
For we have not followed, Peter says, of the writers of the New Testament, I think, in particular, the apostles, the, the eight people that wrote in the Bible, wrote the Bible. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. I think Luke and Matthew were eyewitnesses, but they were a little younger. Not Matthew. Luke and Mark, John Mark, were a little bit younger, but they saw the Savior. Like, they were probably like Stephen's age, who was the first martyr. He was too young to be a, an elder, I guess, but he was not too young to be a deacon. He was one of the first deacons. Anyway, uh, Zechariah 9, 9, greatly rejoice, O daughter of Zion, shout, O daughter of Jerusalem, thy king cometh unto thee, he is just, and having salvation lowly, and riding upon a donkey, upon the colt, the foal of a donkey. Okay, we're going to take a look at season 2, episode 139, and we're going to look at the first of three accounts here. Uh, the first one is a review, Mark covered it, we're going to cover it again, uh, coming of the Son of Man. Mark chapter 24, verse 29. Immediately after the tribulation. Okay, that would be uh, in the Greek, after the tribulation. Okay, so, the, you know, I think that means there's no more tribulation. I think God is in charge at this point. Could be wrong, but it does say after. And those days shall the Son of Man be darkened. So I'm sorry. So the sun, S-U-N, be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of heaven shall be shaken. Now the second coming of Christ, we have a hint on that with the first when Jesus went up into heaven. We'll read that at the end of this A.T. Robertson's Harmony of the Gospels for Students' Life of Christ. We get to Acts chapter two, but they see God go up or Jesus ascend up into heaven. And the angels say, what are you looking at? And they say, well, I don't know if they say anything, but they, the angel says, as you see him going, he shall return. So he goes up through the clouds. He's going to come back through the atmosphere. And, and, a, and he's going to have the Shekinah glory of God. He's going to, have, he's going to shine so bright that it, it, Moses' face shone when he saw God in all his glory on Mount Sinai when he got the Ten Commandments. This is going to be very, very bright. And if you want to... I learned this... When I was a kid, they used to have stuff to keep uh, radios out of countries that didn't want American radio going into them. And I had a friend that had a... Or I knew somebody, I guess I should say, a little older than me, uh, had a shortwave radio. And he would tune in the machines that were blocking out uh, countries in Eastern Europe one giant one they would just what they would do is they would just transmit really loud noise on that frequency and that blocked everything else out same thing can be done with light they can shine a bright light in your light where you cannot see anything except that bright light and i think that's what this is kind of like immediately after shall the sun be darkened it's not gonna not not gonna be the source of light and the moon shall not give her light not gonna see it uh just a reflection of the Shekinah glory, I guess, but it would be brighter than the sun, I guess, at that point. And then the stars shall fall from heaven. Not going to see stars at night with this bright light of him coming down. The powers of heaven shall be shaken. Well, the powers of 
shaken here. Well, one of them is Jesus Christ. Then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. Which heaven? It could be the third heaven. I, that's the only one that would appear to men on earth. Would be the first heaven. Sorry. Second heaven is space, outer, sun, moon, and stars. And the third heaven is where God lives. Anyway. Then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn. Now that's, that, that questions me. Wonder, makes me wonder. Um, there are believers left on earth when, when the Lord comes back or there wouldn't be anybody left to live into the millennium. But I'm surprised. I would think there'd be great rejoicing, kind of like Palm Sunday, you know. Uh, anyway, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven through the atmosphere, like I saw the space shuttle lift off from my backyard 200 miles away in Florida. It was bright. It was night. We saw it. I saw it also from my school, not 17 miles from my house during the day. But it's that big white cloud that follows it contrail or whatever it is that follows those rockets up. Anyway, uh, you could see that 200 miles away. And the clouds of heaven, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven and with power and great glory. Verse 31, And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect Believers in Jesus Christ, it please God to save them that believe, his elect, from the four winds and from the end of heaven to the other. So this is where he's gathering, I guess, the dead in Christ to, to accompany Christ and his coming to earth for the second time. All right, uh, we're going to take a look at the lesson of the fig tree. we got four verses here, starting in Matthew 24, 32. Now learn the parable of the fig tree. When his branch is yet tender and putteth forth leaves, ye know that summer is nigh. Now I've spent most of my life in, in Florida, but I did abruptly go to uh, four years of West Point, and it was very, very different. Uh, it, it, all the leaves fell off of everything. There were very few evergreens. I mean, maybe there are some pine trees or something like that, but I mean, you could just look through the wooded area like for miles, it seemed like. Anyway, up the side of mountains and all kinds of stuff. And put it forth his leaves. And when they, I tell you, it was so great when you saw the leaves coming out. And I remember the first time I saw it, probably my sophomore year, because freshman year was, you weren't looking at nothing but just trying to get to your room or someplace that was safe <laughs> to not get in trouble. You know that the summer is nigh. Verse 33, Matthew 24, 33. So likewise, when you shall see these things, know that it is near, even at the door. Now, no one knows the day and the hour, but you should know when it's near. And I'm just reminded of, of D-Day, June uh, 6th, 1944. Nobody knew the day or the hour. Everybody knew. Hitler knew. Everybody knew that it was imminent, that it was coming, that there were a lot of soldiers in 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 England, fixing to cross the channel. and uh, But they didn't know the day and the hour. Eisenhower's roommate was a major two-star general, and he got drunk before, right, like on June 5th or something, or June whatever, and he said, you know, he started bragging about it, and some, some officer in the, the officer's club said, hey, this guy's talking about that it's a go. 
And Eisenhower called his roommate in to see him, or summoned him, and said, you're going to be busted from Major General. You're going to be sent back to the States. And I don't want to hear a word from you of why you did it. Drunk is no excuse. You're risking soldiers' lives by what you did. And that man was sent back to America. He did tell his, uh, his chief of staff, who had a nickname, I guess, another West Point graduate, they have a lot of nicknames, uh, Beetle Smith. Beetle was his, uh, I don't think that was his given name. But anyway, he was like a two-star general, maybe a three-star general. That was uh, the chief of staff. I'm sure he was a three-star general. Chief of staff of Eisenhower. And Eisenhower said, you know, try to let him retire. And not retire, but don't break him below colonel. I don't know if he kept his retirement. You could look it up. All right. Matthew 24, 34. Verily I say unto you, this generation, age, okay, that word generation trans translated this age, which I think is a church age, shall not pass till these things be fulfilled. We do, right at this point, he's establishing the Gentile church with uh, the Lord's Supper and all the stuff that's going to happen in less than 48 hours. Um, so I don't, that word could be translated. He's not talking about the people that he's talking to. A generation is what, 30 years? 40 years? 50 years? Shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. And 2435, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. This was such a, I, I got to thank uh, my Bible study group, or my, where I trusted the Lord, which was a Bible study. It was led by young people, and they said, if you want to be on the council of the Bible study, you've got to answer all these questions, and uh, Mel, uh, a guy named Mel, <laughs> M-E-L-A, M-E-L-S, Mel's, Mel's Carbonell. Mel's Carbonell said, uh, or he wrote this book, and it was just know your Bible. And it would ask questions. How do we know the Bible is the word of God? Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word shall not pass away. I, well, that one stuck with me. The verses are very powerful and worth memorizing. Okay, we're going to take a look at the last story here in Matthew 24, and that will be uh, verses 36 through 51. Uh, no one knows the hour and the day. And again, D-Day, H-hour, big secret. It's a planning tool. I mean, we used it I, when I was uh, on AOT with the 82nd after I'd been in the Army for about two years. I went there and I was a, called a third lieutenant and we were, you know, we had operations order and they were talking about D-Day H-hour. I went to my lieutenant that I knew at West Point. He was a senior when I was a freshman. But he said... Uh, he said, yeah, that surprised me too when I heard that for his time. But uh, yeah, it's just a planning tool. To, and a lot of plan goes into an evasion of, of the size of uh, D-Day, uh, June 6, 1944. Anyway, but of the day of that hour, no man shall know. I didn't maybe way they came up with the planning. Some Christians said, hey, well, let's plan it the way the Lord planned his return. Uh, no man shall know the day or the hour not the angels in heaven, but my Father only. But as these days 
But as the days of Noah, or Noe, were, so shall also be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and given in marriage, until the day of the day Noah entered into the ark. That was probably on the newspapers or whatever they however they got news spread around back then. That, hey, Noah's entered the ark. He's closed the door. I think when it started raining, they even started hammering on the door. But uh, they were lost. And verse uh, <clears throat> 39. And knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So it had to start raining before they got too concerned. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. And like for the people that weren't ready for the flood, didn't get on the ark, that's the way it's going to be for those that haven't trusted Christ. Ask. Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Believe God, and it will be counted unto you for righteousness, enough to get to heaven. And it's just a little bit of faith. Abraham, liked, a lot of people like to point out his failures, but I don't think offering Isaac was a failure. That was, that was uh, it says in Hebrews that he thought he was the Messiah and God would raise him from the dead. So he knew that the promise of Abraham was the Messiah, so he thought, well, it would probably be Isaac, I guess, my son. But he was off a little bit. Okay, verse uh, 40. Then shall two be in the field, and one shall be taken and the other left. Now, there's a big thing about the rapture. Don't be left behind, because the believers are taken at the rapture. But here, it's the lost people that are taken, the goats. And then shall, and I, I think I'll prove that. I'll prove it to myself again by just going, especially on uh, verse 51, I think. Then shall... Two be in the field, and one shall be taken, and the other one left. The goats are taken, and ultimately cast in lake of fire for a thousand for for a thousand years. And the sun and and the others left. You want to be left at this one. They're believers that live on into millennium. And two women shall be grinding at the mill. And one shall be taken and the other left. Again, you want to be left here. You don't want to be taken because they're cast in a lake of fire. Watch therefore and know, you know not the hour the Lord cometh. Verse 43, but know this, that if the good man of the house had known at which hour the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken into. I kind of, in the metaphorically here, I kind of find... Surprising to call the Son of Man, compare him to a thief, but uh, if the Lord does it, I guess. Uh, the, and Jesus is this. Jesus is saying this. So, anyway, uh, but it's true. If you knew when your house was going to be broken into, you'd be ready. I'm pretty much ready 24/7. But anyway, therefore be also ready, for in such an hour you think not the Son of Man cometh. So you're not. The, the big secret is the hour and the day. We know the Son of Man. Everybody knows. They've known it forever. It was, to, it was prophesied to Adam and Eve in the garden after they sinned. God was d doling out punishments. Who then is a faithful and wise servant whom the Lord hath made ruler over his household. Another kind of metaphor here, not so much of a thief and a house being broken into, but the good men, 
the, the Lord hath made ruler over his household. Verse 45. Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the Lord shall, hath made ruler over his household to give him meat in his due season? Blessed is that servant, blessed whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find doing so. This Heaven is not his blessing. Verily I say unto you, he shall make him ruler over all his goods. So you'll become a ruler in the millennium. You, you become, you'll have a place of honor. But that's a reward. That's not, faith, heaven is not a reward. It's a gift. But you have to initiate it. You have to ask for it. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Jesus' first sermon to the Galileans that were basically all lost. Even his own city tried to kill him. Of Nazareth. Verse 48. But if that evil servant shall say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming. Okay, again, this is someone that's not believing, in my opinion. I'll do it tomorrow. Uh, I'll do it later. Maybe that's some of you. I'll do, I'm going to live my life, and then I'm going to trust last Lord the last second. Well, you don't know the day and the hour, so I wouldn't do that. And shall begin to smite his fellow servants, and to eat and to drink, and to be drunken. The Lord of that servant shall come in the day when he looketh not, for him in the hour of which he is not aware. So he doesn't know the hour and he doesn't know the day. And the Lord catches him in a state of, you know, that he never believed. This is just, just somebody here that could have been useful to the Lord, but he chose not to be. Because he never believed. Believe and it shall be given unto you. Press down, measured full. Ask and it shall be given to you. I don't think you can ask without a little bit of faith. I see it all the time. I have people that just kind of, I'd say, all you got to do is ask. Just say, God, give me eternal life. And I can just see their head, involuntarily, their head is shaking back and forth. Doesn't happen very often. Sometimes, at least as often, they break into tears. And sometimes I can't read them, but usually I can tell whether they're believing or not. I had one guy say, I'm Catholic. So what's that got to do with anything? I'm Catholic. The Holy Catholic and Apostolic Church. Catholic means universal. It's the church, it's the universal church of Christ from Adam to the last man. It's the dead in Christ is the universal church. The holy Catholic and apostolic church. The word means universal. Look it up. Verse, last verse here. And I said this one is going to tell you that these servants that weren't uh, listening to God, that were taken, for example, and she'll be and shall, and the Lord, let me read, start verse 51, because that's this sentence. This sentence starts way back. Well, anyway, the Lord is, the Lord, verse 50, the Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he is not looking, looketh not for him, in an hour that he is not aware of, and shall cut him asunder, the Lord of the servant, the in this case, metaphorically, Jesus Christ shall cut him asunder, appoint his portion with the hypocrites, scribes, Pharisees, and hypocrites. He'd just been saying on this Tuesday, he had a whole sermon in the temple about scribes, Pharisees, and unbelievers, people who pretend to know God but don't. They say, trust the Lord, but they haven't. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, I believe that that is... And you can study, and, and I, I have done a little bit of study in this area, and I do not believe that describes heaven. No way, shape, or form. 
their, the tears will be wiped away, but I think they're rolling down the cheeks of people that are watching, friends and family, uh, that never, that never believed, you know, not enter into the kingdom of God at the great white throne, which is the judgment will be with the Lord at that time. And it'll be sad, especially sad if we didn't talk to him. But I'm trying to limit that number of people to the minimum I can. But that's not true. Sometimes I just am not faithful. But anyway, weeping and gnashing of teeth, that's not something that happens in heaven. I don't see heaven described that way, that way in any way, shape, or form. I mean, this is weeping and gnashing of teeth. I, I like my teeth. I'm not going to gnash them. I need them. Anyway, I will say adios. Oh, well, next episode, season two, episode 139, Echo, E, Lord willing, provided he doesn't come back tonight uh, or today or this afternoon. Season two, episode 139, E, Matthew 25, verses 1 through 30. This is coming attractions. The parable of the ten virgins. Which again, there's wailing and gnashing of teeth there. I think the five that weren't ready, weren't ready. I don't see any purpose in anything other than that. He's trying to get believers. He's got disciples that aren't believers yet. In the audience here. Judas, Thomas, maybe others. Uh, parable of the talents. And that's the, the three talents. One talent was given to three different. Well, I think they were given to ten people. But they only talk about three. One of them invested in it and made... Uh, I haven't studied it yet because if I study it I get confused where I'm at sorry but anyway I think it's 10 uh, 10, 10 servants are given a parable uh, a talent each a talent of gold that's a measure of gold kind of like a uh, what's a a pound anyway a, a parable a, a talent of gold and they're to invest it and when I'm coming back I know the best one comes back with tenfold the next one comes back with uh, I don't know two or threefold fivefold I can't remember the parable of the talents and the last one's the worst one of the ten I think buried it I'm not telling no nobody's gonna know you know I'm not telling anybody I don't believe it that's how you bury it that's how you bury the gospel of the grace of God you don't believe it in fact you preach against it because you, you can't you preach what you believe I think I never hear the gospel come out of anybody's mouth that doesn't believe it that's why what you say is way more important than what you do people say show me your faith by your works I know John uh, James said that but he's talking about show me your faith by the best work you have is what you say I mean you can fake uh, love you know kindness and all those things that the cults like to do they'll love you to death but they won't give you the gospel of the grace of god faithful are the wounds of a friend but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful so they're going to act like they're the greatest you know the most important person in their life but you're going to you know and if you're not a believer you can probably be fooled by them i don't think i am but fooled by them but anyway i will say adios to God and via con Dios, go with God.